You're listening to Systems Thinking for Kids, the podcast for teachers and others who want to help kids learn through understanding systems, because everything is connected. On Systems Thinking for Kids, you'll hear conversations about how to illuminate connections for kids in the classroom, the community, and everywhere in the world. Systems Thinking for Kids is a project of the Wildwood Outreach Center at Wildwood School in Los Angeles. This is Systems Thinking for Kids. Your host is Jody Becker. Sarah Simon is the Assistant Director of Elementary at Wildwood School in Los Angeles. She spent 17 years in the classroom teaching children and inspiring her colleagues. And Sarah introduced systems thinking to her second graders at Wildwood. And that spawned a movement on campus and around the country at dozens of schools where teachers are finding that teaching through a systems lens ignites learning, engages, and motivates students like nothing else because it is student-directed. So, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I thought we would start out by just hearing a bit about how it works, especially because you were already a mid-career teacher. You had lots of classroom experience and success when you encountered systems, but you decided to give this approach a try. So I'm wondering, how did you see it working initially? The first time I gave this a try, it was just a simple exercise or activity I did with my second graders. And I took a risk. I dove in and asked them just sort of a simple question around the pencil in the classroom, you know, asking my students, what systems do you see connected to this pencil? And their level of engagement around it just kept us coming back for more. They would start to ask, can we do a systems map around this chair? Or we need to look at systems around, you know, how our classroom works. So it was really the students who were, ex- their energy and excitement around it are what helped us coming, keep coming back to it every single day. You mentioned maps. Can you talk a little bit about how you started introducing the maps? Systems maps can look really similar to what a lot of people know is sort of like a brainstorming map, which is where you put an idea, it could be an idea, it could be something tangible in the center of sort of a circle, and you start to ask questions connected to that thing in the center. So you start to record their responses, kind of branching out from there. What makes systems thinking maps different from brainstorming maps is it's not just a bunch of lines coming out from the center. Through questioning the students more and more, you are helping them to then make connections between each of those branches to each other. So rather than having kind of a bunch of tentacles pointing out, you actually end up having a lot of lines connecting to lines and it just becomes um, sometimes <laughs> it looks like a big beautiful mess, but it's really their thinking and showing how everything is connected around that one idea. So you're talking a little bit about constructing the map, but what about referencing the maps? How does that come into play in the classroom? The maps, what I find so powerful about them is they can become not only a way to launch an idea, it's really a way to, you can sort of assess where students' thinking is both at the beginning of of the introduction of a new unit or a new concept or new idea. And then when you leave that map up and you keep revisiting it after students have had opportunities to do more learning around it, they might go back and revise something that they had already put on the map. 
they might want to add to the map based on new learnings. So it can become something that stays in the classroom, stays up on the wall, and really is a way of making students' thinking visible, which is really empowering um, for students to see their ideas being put on up on the wall. I think it validates, it empowers them, and so they just become a living piece in the classroom. How doable is it to move your classroom to a systems-based approach? Is that a big challenge, or can you do it partway and stick with the traditional way that you're running a classroom? I think you can absolutely bring it in in any way that feels comfortable for you. You might just be playing around with the language a little bit, keeping it really simple. It doesn't have to be a big deal. There doesn't have to be an initial lesson around what is a system. That can come later. You can, I think it's very doable to just say, you know, I wonder what systems we need to have in place for our classroom to feel safe. And there is just something about that language that students naturally respond to. They just sort of have an innate understanding of the fact that our world really is just all a matter of systems. And you touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but I'm wondering if we can back up and talk a little bit about the payoff in student engagement and motivation. What are the differences that you saw? It was really profound, the difference that I I noticed in my students. I think when you have a systems approach, you're really inviting their thinking into the classroom. It is very student-driven. And I think when students see you validating their ideas, as I mentioned earlier, when they see you writing their thoughts and thinking, whether it's on a systems map or just even a chart about their thinking about systems, they just suddenly feel like they really have a place in the classroom. Their voice matters. And as soon as that happens, I, you know, I still have this image in my head of my students who were at one time sort of sitting back and just sort of listening and to it just shifted to students up on their knees, raising their hands, couldn't wait their turn to share what thinking they had, what connection they had just noticed um, and wanted to share with the group. And it sounds like the energy that you were feeling in the classroom also was spreading around the school. Can you talk a little bit about how that happened and sort of what happened next? It was funny because, as I said, I was sort of playing with it, and I wasn't thinking a whole lot about it. I thought it was cool. I love, you know, it was really working for me. And then, yes, colleagues would would step in, and they would see a systems map, and they would ask about it. And then they started to say, can I just come observe? And so they would come in and start to watch and then try it out in their own classrooms. And then it just sort of grew and grew and more and more teachers were, we were just coming together and talking about the way that it really helped us move towards that, you know, that goal of having an interdisciplinary program. I think that's something that we all strive for, but it's really hard to do it in a way that feels natural and meaningful and and not forced. I think it really opened up our entire kind of community of teachers and it got us talking to each other. But I think just having this new approach and this new way of trying something really did bring us together. Yeah, just sort of slowly started to expand from one room to the next to the next. And it became a common language 
um, amongst all of our classrooms, including our specialist teachers. Even you'll step into a performing arts class and our performing arts teachers are talking about and building systems maps around producing a production of a show and they're looking at all the systems within that. So yeah, it just really kind of over time began to spread throughout, throughout the school by really by word of mouth. Interesting. So people were talking on your campus and then also you partnered with a public school. We did. Yes, that was really exciting. Over time, it expanded into part of our outreach program here at Wildwood, which then allowed us to invite other schools um, and community members into this work. And it was so exciting to see that this work could live beyond just where we were and that it really can happen anywhere. I think that's been one of the most rewarding pieces of this, whether that was PDs, we had cross-campus visits where we were able to step into each other's classrooms. And what was exciting there was the reciprocation there. You know, it was just such reciprocal learning back and forth from each other's schools. It was really probably one of the most rewarding experiences I've, I've had as a, as a teacher. And I have a couple of other questions about the pedagogy because I know a lot of elementary schools, as Wildwood does, tries to engage kids in some project-based learning. So I'm wondering, how did the project-based learning intersect with the systems approach? I find the two go so beautifully. They just, together, they really do go hand in hand. I think for me, what was always difficult about project-based learning is it often still felt very teacher-driven, very teacher-directed. And when I brought systems thinking in and and put the two together, that's when I felt the shift in project-based learning. So for example, when I would start a project, it would start with systems thinking, asking kids to think about the, the systems within Perhaps it's, you know, our school community. What are the systems that make our school work? And then we might start to talk about what are some of the systems within our school that aren't working well. And it was from there that I would listen for what they were interested in, what they were concerned about, what were they, what were those broken systems that they felt really needed some attention? And that is then where I would take their lead on that and dive into deep project-based learning around it. And so might identify a way to help fix a system um, within the school that wasn't working following that project-based learning. Yeah, thanks for that, because I think that we are always talking about new educational initiatives with the realization that there's, of course, a huge backdrop of numerous frameworks that are in place and that often happen to be satisfied. So I was wondering, could you talk a little bit about how systems might align with standards, the scope and sequence of what they should be learning in each grade, and then also parental expectations? You know, I always had my standards, my skills, those benchmarks always really close at hand. I really wanted to make sure that I, my students were working on and practicing all of those things I knew they needed to, to be doing. And so with a systems approach, you know, as we would dive into a deep systems project, as we were going along the way, I would just check to make sure that whatever we were doing within that, there was an element or, or an opportunity for them to practice those skills. So 
if they were working on wanting to make sure the community was aware about a broken system, I would be thinking about, okay, where are the opportunities for them to work on this writing skill within this project? Where are the opportunities for them to practice this math that they need to be working on? And so, again, they're just, yeah, always kind of side by side at all times. Thanks, Sarah. And I was also curious about when there are parental expectations on the kinds of learning and the style of learning that will happen in a classroom, how does systems fit in? How do parents see it? That was one that took some time for us to figure out. And really what we realized, it was making sure parents were having opportunities to engage in maybe some parent ed sessions around it. So we would offer you know, coffee sessions for parents to come in in the morning for those who could and give a little bit of background, a little bit of information. But I think the most powerful part to it was when the students themselves would go home and want to teach their parents, their grownups, how to do a systems map. And I would get emails from families of photos of family systems maps that children had gone home and and wanted the family to do together. And I think when when parents see that level of engagement, they really do get excited and can have a level of appreciation for it. And it makes the argument, I was going to ask you next, where you think a system approach might belong in the country's education system or what you think the future of this type of approach might be. Absolutely. I think this belongs in every single classroom. I really think this has the potential to shift things in such a profound way. We need our children to be thinking in systems. They already are natural systems thinkers. And so I think it's our responsibility to help them maintain that and to stay in that way of thinking as opposed to shifting it and making it more, you know, kind of in a box thinking. So I think the more that we can spread the word and have more and more opportunities for students to to dive in and play with it and practice it and teachers to do the same, I think it does take a little bit of unlearning sometimes for adults to go back to this way of thinking and to remember, you know, systems, I think systems thinking really is about thinking about the impact of of what we do. There's so many approaches. There's environmental pieces to this. There's social impacts. There's, there's so many ways that this approach can, can make powerful, powerful change in our schools. Sarah Simon, thank you so much for your insights. You mentioned something that might require some homework, learning and unlearning, some food for thought for listeners. Thank you very much. I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Systems Thinking for Kids. For more ideas and information, find us online at systemsthinkingschools.org. And check out our stories on Instagram at systemsthinkingschools. Thank you for listening.